important that not only theology, but fellowship, that growth, that discipleship, that that formation happens in community for those reasons. Otherwise, we end up deceiving ourselves and we think that our hermeneutic, that our lens, that the way we see things is the only valid way. It's not always the case. People talk about Imago Day and you know people people in these white evangelical spaces in a way that's kind of trite, I think. Absolutely. When you reject another person, what you're yeah. what you're saying, or when you when you humiliate or degrade or just delegitimate the perspective of look, I'm gonna you know I believe in objective. So I'm not saying that like you know anything goes right. It's like, but when you just sort of disregard another right. person altogether, what you're saying is that that part of God, the part of God that is reflected in that person, who I'm just sort of shrugging off that's a part of god that i don't need yeah that that's a that's a reflection of god's personality that i can just do without yeah yeah that's true and that's convicting because there's there's lots of people who frankly like in 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 the flesh like in in my my worst days I, i absolutely feel like i could do without but at the same token like you said that's that's something that doesn't honor the Imago Dei, the image of God, the likeness of God that they were created in. And I think that when we do a better job of putting that in the forefront of our mind and in our interactions, we do a much better job of honoring a God that we believe created the heavens and the earth and, and all of the people in it. You know, um, yeah, so, so I thank you for that. So one thing, one thing that I have found increasingly difficult with all the madness that we've been talking about and the, so I mentioned at the outset, you know, this kind of fault line, right. And, and, and uh, 2020 revealing where an alarming number of churches are relative to that fault line, I guess the, you know, the, the, maybe the metaphor is poorly chosen. I guess I'd want to, I'd want to say something like this. I've actually been surprised and maybe you maybe you're not surprised by this either right but I've been surprised by just how far things have gone and like folks are just along for the ride. Yeah so elaborate on that for me when you talk about just yeah, how far so, things have gone. So like 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 trying to overthrow the government. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, oh. and 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 that, that the guy from uh oh, Robert Jeffers right I mean like singing like the choir from their church, you know, yeah. singing like, I just, uh, I, 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 yeah, I guess it's, it's like, okay, so there was this white supremacy in the atmosphere, right? And it, it could, it, it was clear enough, right, where some of these churches uh, stood in just sort of refusing to acknowledge that and, and uh, preserving the status quo. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that was, that was clear before. Right. Yeah. Um, But I guess it's the, the extent to which they're willing to like, just stick with that horse. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. And I think that it's shocking to an extent um, because it's the type of stuff I read about in my history books, but it's one of those things, I guess an element where you think has been left in history because I'm, I'm intimately aware of a few other times 
in American history where white people have fought the federal government. Um, <laughs> like it's, 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 it's kind of their thing. Oh, no, I'm just joking. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but, but to see it happen in that fashion, right? Like it, 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 even if it's something that people have been warning about since 2016, like, yeah, this is not going to end nicely. But, um, so I wasn't surprised that that happened. Not, I was not, I saw that coming since 2015 that it happened. Right. Yeah. What I can't, what it, what Bob, what, and I suppose it shouldn't. No, I guess, I guess that the, the, the lack of uh, reaction from certain corners of evangelicalism didn't surprise me. Right. Yeah. Uh, at like once it actually happened, right. It was the, there were so many off ramps along the way over the yeah. last few years and we kept passing off ramps. Yeah. Right. And I'm just like, are you sure you don't want to take that off ramp? Like, <laughs> like I, I took, like I, I was a little surprised you got on this highway in the first place. Yeah, right? I was a little surprised. Okay, uh, disappointed, etc. Um, but like, I'm genuinely, in terms of what I, what what I find is bad for my soul. And I told my wife, I told my wife, I was like, if this happens, you know, back in 2015, it will be bad for my soul. Hmm. And, and 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 sure enough. Right. Because I guess somewhere around, I haven't really thought about it until this moment, but 2018, 2019, I just stopped being surprised. Uh. As I've lost my sense of like disbelief and shock, I just, I'm like, I don't know, man. I just, I don't know what to do. It's like, it's like you are deceived. Your heart is hardened. Yeah. Like, I don't, that, that's like, it's, it's, it's spiritual. Uh, in a way that's just beyond any kind of reason that I might bring to this situation. And it's I, what and folks, it's and what and folks taught I, me. It's what folks taught me was the reprobate mind. It's, it's, what, it's what they told me to call it. <laughs> that's it. That's it. So, so yeah. I've been rambling, but the reprobate. Yeah. So, so how do I, yeah, I don't know, man. I got, I got to struggle with like, these are people created in the image of God, but I don't, yeah, I don't know. What do you what? So, Pastor Trey, Pastor Trey, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. Session is there? Is there a line someplace where you're like, look, man, I don't wish them ill, but like, we don't have anything to say to each other. Yeah, man, I crossed that line a while ago, and I tell yeah. you like this, like when God calls a person, He calls them to a people, mm. and there are times when I realize, oh, look, that's that that is simply not my mission field. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> has been called and uniquely gifted and constructed to minister to those people in a way that should the Holy Spirit show and call those people that they, they will be drawn back to God, the father uh, <laughs> by the sacrifice of the son through the agency of the Holy Spirit, like all of that stuff will happen. Uh, but I need to recognize that God did not call me to save the world. God already sent his son to do that. Mm. What that then becomes incumbent upon me to do is to not curse a child of God. And that's difficult because a lot of times I want to curse these people. And and it's, it's such a weird place to be because, you know, before I knew what being a Christian meant, I knew what being black was. And that came with a certain level of anger and resentment about things that are beyond a lot of people's control. But now like to see the, sheer audacity like the the gall of people to act in ways that that i know i don't have the luxury of doing and seeing the sun rise tomorrow that's tough to deal with and that's where 
personal devotion and 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 prayer time and and reflection and letting the Holy Spirit convict you comes into play because I don't want to sit here and view somebody that God created in the image of God in a way that dishonors God because I'm still letting God work some things out in me. Uh, so I think it's important like to answer that question, like the, that, that advice, I think it's important to recognize that we are not called to fight every battle. That if we don't have the energy or the patience or the endurance to deal with a person or a people, we're allowed to sit that one out. But this, and I'm, I'm talking to me right now because I find myself guilty of this eight days out the week. What we have to do is be careful not to condemn or curse that which we do not have the authority to do. Mm. It is important that we remain speakers of truth uh, because a lot of times when people view me as being divisive or whatever, it's it's really a matter of me being a truth teller. It's me operating in a prophetic gift, not not me predicting the future, none of that. It's me actually holding to account, holding up a mirror and showing up what's happening. I think that that's important, um, but there are times when it becomes difficult to do that without letting it get personal. Um, and then that's something that that I need to work on um, and, and I say that I look at myself because I find that sometimes the best pastoral guidance comes from self-reflection and letting people know that if this is something that you're struggling with, you're not alone in that. That I haven't gotten to the point of my salvation, my sanctification, my justification where I don't feel these things anymore. Um, but I, like I, I struggle with the with the whole fact that Jesus also called people foxes and Jesus talked about people's daddies like i had i had a blog post uh, uh what i call clapback theology i'm gonna talk about your daddy talking about like those honor contests that i referred to earlier between i saw Jesus that, I saw that. Yeah. yeah um and i think that's that that's great. that's an important thing to reckon with while at the same time learning to to hold that intention with the fact that they are not beyond redemption and if they are beyond redemption i wouldn't be the one to know that's not a conversation that i was included in mm. you know um but at the same token, we say like, oh, like <laughs> I, I'm perfectly fine with the feeling like, you know, y'all go over more power to you. You do your own thing. Like I'm not obligated to engage with anybody. Um, well, no, that's not true. I'm obligated to engage with who God has called me to. And that is evident. And that's not even there. There are people online. There are people on Twitter that God has called me to minister to. There's people I, I've sent DMs because I felt the Holy Spirit calling me like you need to speak to this person and that, that, that has happened. But I'm not going to jump every time somebody says to. I'm, I'm not, like if, if a lot of people, I, I'm not one of those people who hops on Twitter to debate and go back and forth with people, however educated or informed they might be, because you know it's not it's not what God called me to do. If somebody out there who that that is their calling, their gifting, their gift mix, and all of that, and more power to them. But I try to stay in my lane uh, because if if I were to try to produce fruit that I'm not wired to produce, that then takes me out of being fruitful at all. A couple, just a couple things I'm thinking through about, I'm asking you as a pastor in this sense, these are things that, that I've been thinking through, trying to, I guess, talk through with God, Yeah. you know, and, and tell me if the question is even like poorly formed or whatever, but to what extent 
is it simply the case in the United States of America now that uh, uh, and you know for some for some time, however long you might think, but to, to what extent is it just the case that the black church is the church? Is the real church? Oh man, that, that's, that's, that's a dope question. I look, at, I, get, I look at scripture, right? I look at scripture and I look at the people of God in the old Testament. Yeah. And I look at the church in the new Testament and uh, I look around me. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I don't know, man, if I were an alien, right? This is the philosopher thing that we do, right? If I'm an alien for another, from another planet, you know, and, and I show up on planet earth and I've got my copy of the Bible and I've done my research and I uh, touch down in the United States of America and I'm trying to identify who are the Christians. Yeah. I, I got to tell you, man, I, I, uh, 10 times out of 10, I'm, I'm going to say, well, the black church. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, to a large extent from and I'm trying to nuance this because to be absolutely clear, the black church is not perfect. There are lots of things that we need to reckon with. Um, There are a lot of a lot of uh, of, of views on on and on gender and sexuality that, that we have to work through that I don't necessarily know honor God to the fullest extent. I, I think that needs to be put up, up front. But to the extent of of a reflection of what the church and the Bible uh, in, in Acts chapter two formed by a move of the spirit uh, to endure persecution and to, to affect change for the world. I don't know if there are that many stronger approximations of that than what we think of when you say the black church. And for that reason, and I try like to be careful saying this because I don't want people to i don't want to seem biased or anything but like from my 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 historical mind my theological mind the, the academically trained mind and all that stuff i'm inclined to believe that in this particular season the leaders best equipped to lead us through this this moment in our history this this period of darkness that that people of all like persuasions of, of, of Christendom are identifying, right? Like skies falling and white evangelicalism, like black church and all that stuff. I don't know if anybody is more equipped to lead us in this moment than people of the black church tradition and even particularly black women. Uh, <laughs> because there is something that you learn about God that is most clearly discerned when you are under somebody else's thumb, right? <laughs> like, like it's important to recognize when we read the Bible, the whole thing, Genesis to Revelation, maybe a couple of exceptions sprinkled in. It's an account of losers, people who are on the outside of the dominant society, people who are under the rule or domain and oppression of somebody else, whether that's ethnicity, whether that's nationality, gender or whatever, like Genesis to Revelation, that, that's what it's an account of. And there are certain things like the, the in, in pursuit of objectivity, right? Um, and theologians who are trained by uh, uh, 
or trained in a Western context and in, in, in first world countries or whatever, right? Like you kind of lose some of the context and some of the emotions that, that, that are ingrained in the people who we believe were inspired to write these scriptures, right? And in that regard, like the black church by very nature of their socioeconomic standing and their, 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 their social location in, in the United States of America are uniquely equipped to have certain insights that a lot of people would miss. And I think that's what forms a lot of that DNA. And because we're still human, because we're still fallen, there's lots of faults and there's lots of things we have to deal with. But I think there's a certain insight that because of our social location, um, we have a lot of valuable things to provide to the church with the capital C, like the global church. Um, and I think the moment we embrace that, it, it, it makes a lot of things better for a lot of different people. And, and, it, and if their conduct is any indication, then uh, the, if the conduct of, of folks in predominantly white churches is any indication at all, then whatever theological insights they happen to be bringing to the table at the moment pale in importance to the insights that, to be gleaned from uh, the black church, because I, I, I've, I've always been led to believe that faith is inextricable from practice. Right. And so if this is the, if this is the kind of behavior yeah. uh, intellectually, attitudinally, you name it, if this is the kind of behavior that your, you know, true propositions <laughs> engender, I don't know, man. Maybe we can. Maybe maybe we'll circle back to those propositions. But like yeah. right now, I don't. Yeah, I I, I kind of want to hear what somebody else has to say. <laughs> you know? you know? Yeah, true to life. Because uh, because I, I don't. It's like an it's an entailment, right? I mean, scripture says that like if you are doing this correctly, then certain fruit will be born. Yes. So the fruit's not there. Uh, I, I just, I know it modus tollens. I know. Yeah. Right. That you're doing it wrong, man. Yeah. You know, and I look around for, for the fruit and this is, this is circumstantial evidence. Right. But I look around for the fruit and I, and I'm just, I'm seeing it elsewhere. And so those are the places where I'm going to go to look to find the church. Yeah. Yeah. I think in, in, in one of the Georgia center runoffs, right. There was, there's this, I guess battle that was posited between the black church tradition of the United States of America and the white evangelical culture. It was just like one, like it almost seemed like the election was a referendum on, on that. And, and first and foremost, just the comfort that people have felt attacking the black church mm. throughout history is, is, is just, is just so befuddling to me because Regardless of of how I feel or what I do and don't know, I always try. Like when I encounter people of other faith traditions, and, and whether that's Christian or non-Christian, but particularly when it comes to Christians, when when we're whether that's another denomination, whether they're Lutheran or Calvinist, whether they're Quakers, whether they're uh, like I, I try to understand before I ever try to like, I, first of all, it's not my job to comment on it ever, really. Unless somebody comes to me in a pastoral sense and like, okay, what's the difference between X, Y, and Z? I need to come from a place of understanding because at no point 
literally zero point at no point, zero point, never, not never in the history of the church has there been 100% agreement in how this faith is best, best expressed, right? There were from the biblical times in the New Testament, one of the reasons we have the four separate gospels is because there were different communities with different expressions and different emphasis and, and different 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 uh disagreements on on which aspects of christology and hamartiology and everything ought to be emphasized like there were allowed differences in that so that we've gotten to this point and people are so comfortable and i actually have a dm i've never forgotten it what this dude told me he was like this is my problem with the black church you guys can't xyz my mom i'm like how many days have you spent in a black church like how, 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 what, what has authorized you to make that comment? Like in this moment, like, why do you feel so comfortable doing that? How are you so certain that part of God's agenda uh, or part of God's plan in unveiling this kingdom that is yet to come doesn't come straight through this black church? Like, how, how, how are you so confident in that? And and that's a level the plan of involves you. <laughs> yeah. That guy. Right. 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 And, and, and that's him. It's like, let me tell you. Yeah. Jeez. Right. That's a level of arrogance, of pride, of self-assuredness that I that I, I, I pray that I'm ever I pray I'm never cursed with that because like I, I, just, I just can't imagine. And in that moment, it wasn't just an attack on me. It was a, it was about like everything that formed me, like this whole aspect of society and of the church is is unregenerate is what was communicated in that moment um so i think it's very important that we avoid that level of thinking because as you said there is a lot of evidence circumstantial and otherwise to suggest that the black church is one of the truest reflections of the new testament church that exists in 2021 at night and I'm asking you to, uh, you know, do pastoral counseling. So I just want to get your impression of this and whether I'm wasting my time, you know, uh, cause I talk, I talk to folks like you who, and, and, and folks, uh, maybe not all that much like you who are, who are, uh, sort of similarly, fed up with a lot of the talking and just like, I'm going to find the people who need to be ministered to. And I'm just going to like do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I feel I have felt called to be, and I, I think I've characterized it this way for, for some time now, like before the current administration, I, I've, I've thought of my calling as being like a missionary to, uh, the white evangelical church, mm. because as you say, right, like you're not going to go and criticize somebody else's tradition, just like off the cuff or whatever. Right. Yeah. Well, I know white evangelicals. Yeah. I don't, I'm not sure I'm, I'm I still want to call myself an evangelical. Yeah. I, I feel like this is, this is just off the top of my head. I, I feel like previous generations of white evangelicals have, gotten us to, you know, the moral majority types, right? Yeah. Is, is when it's like real, it starts to be like real above the surface 
dog whistles that aren't really dog whistles. Not at all. Right. Uh, you know, they're like bullhorns. Yeah. Uh, so, so like th- that was going on obviously. Right. But like, that was, you know, like the Reagan sort of coalition and like, uh, Jerry Falwell and, and, and these folks like, yeah, that, that's, that's, a, that's a watershed of some kind where things start to pick up steam. Right. Yeah. They have, they've, they have led things in such a way that we are where we are and millennials, my generation, to some extent, this is true of, of some folks in generation X. And there are even some boomers that are like, you know, one nice thing about Twitter, which is awful in general. <laughs> that I've actually realized there are some older Christians who, who are not delusional. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, but really my generation, we're like, uh, our parents and our grandparents have led us into a wilderness. Yeah. And we're not, I'm not asking you to feel sorry, sorry for me. Right. I'm just, I'm at, I'm, I'm wondering like, like, am I, should I just, should I just, just wash my hands of it? But, but my, my thinking is, like we've been led into a wilderness and there are, there are a lot of people. I'm not a sociologist or a sociologist of religion. I wouldn't comment on the percentage, but there's a lot of us who are just looking for some vocabulary and, and like an excuse to, to just walk away and like, and like, like join the real church. Right. You know? And I'm like, I feel like I'm like, a missionary. Cause I get, I get, I get the orthodoxy. I get, I got a, I got a graduate degree in systematic theology just yeah. to make sure that my philosophy, the work I was doing in philosophy of religion wouldn't be heterodox, you know? Yeah. And, and uh, I think when I'm hopeful, part of me thinks like some of this is ignorance. Yeah. And some of it is uh, well, my parents and grandparents were Republicans yeah. 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 So am I, am I like, just, just pastor Trey, man, am I, am I deluded? Am I wasting my time? Like, I, I, nah, not at all. Not at all. And I'm, and I'm going to tell you why I'm going to answer it like this. Sometimes I get myself in hot water because I started out in youth ministry. Right. And the advice that I give young people is not necessarily the advice that their parents give them because their parents gave them the same advice um, that I advise against sometimes, particularly, okay, when it comes to the choice of college, I tell people straight up, I'm like, college, it's not for everybody. <laughs> I say, and especially like, right, like out of high school, like young man, you are 17 years old and you are, the people are pressuring you to make this decision that may impact the rest of your life. And the costs are something that are so unfamiliar to your parents and the grandparents. Like it was once upon a time it was like, Oh, you go to college, you get your degree, you get the salary. Or like half these degrees are not going to get the salaries because they cost six times as much as they did 20 years ago. And the salary is the exact same and all this stuff. And I'm like, if you need to work at the mall for a few years, or if you need to try a few jobs out before you think about what you want to do as a career for the rest of your life and do that, you're allowed to do that. And I say that because you talked about sometimes you feel like, uh, our parents and that generation led us into a wilderness and a lot of effects they have because the world shifted and our thinking didn't. Right. Um, and sometimes we have to chart our own course and then learn to preach in that wilderness. Right. We, we need to learn to speak in that wilderness, to minister in that wilderness. 
because it says that when John was sent to prepare a way for Jesus, that he went to preach in the wilderness. And it was only there that he was able to turn or prepare the way for Jesus, who was able to, or who, who was the one to bring the kingdom that is yet to come. So when you talk about like that wilderness, I like that, that word and that, that illustration, because you talk about being a minister to that. Yeah. I've, I've, or a missionary to, to white evangelicals. I think that's in, absolutely necessary because they are beloved of God. The Bible tells us straight up that there's always this concept of a remnant, right? Like even when it comes to Israel, when it comes to the church, like all of us don't get to make it to paradise. Moses didn't get to see the promised land. The whole generation that came out of Egypt didn't get to make it except for Caleb and Joshua, right? Caleb and Joshua. Um, so, so we have to recognize, uh, relieve ourselves of the burden of trying to save everybody in the burning house. And trust and believe that if we stay close enough to that burning house and shout fire loud and long enough, that somebody will hear us, that somebody might be saved from that situation, that somebody might find their way out, that somebody might hear the voice, follow your voice and come out. If, if, if you don't want to get close enough to get burned, if you stand close enough, that somebody might be able to hear you and come out of that, then I believe that when all is said and done, you will get to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant, because then all you can do is speak what God told you to do. And at the end of the day, some people, they, they need to hear that. They, they need to hear the like, look, I know that this is what we were taught, but I think that we need to make X, Y, Z adjustments. I think that this right here, that this is indicative of, of, of something gone awry in us. I think that that voice needs to exist and it can't always be me because you, you, you've seen enough of me to know I'm not shy about saying things that I think need to be said, but there's some people who won't hear my voice because of who I am, how, how, how I speak. Right. Like I don't, I don't dance around a whole lot of things. I'm kind of direct. I joke. Sometimes it sounds brash. That is what it is. You in a lot of ways are uniquely suited to speak to these people. First of all, you look like them. Uh, you have the qualifications that they admire and respect. Like you, you are the self-sufficient white male, right? <laughs> and believe it or regardless of how we feel or whether or not we believe that that should uh, afford you a level of esteem, like it is what it is. And I think the best use of that station that you've been placed in involuntarily in parts and 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 in part voluntarily, like with regards to your pursuit of higher education and then uh, Dr. Coley and all that stuff. Um, I, I think it would honor God of you to serve in that field if if you are qualified and gifted and put together in a way to speak that language, right? Like Paul was the apostle to the Gentiles, but he was also able to move in Jewish circles because of the the station where he was both a Jew and a Roman citizen, uh, uh, Roman citizen, right? <laughs> and, 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 and Jesus having shown him truth, he was able to speak to so many different people in so many different areas because of that. And I think, I don't know of a better way of you to honor God, of you to worship God in spirit and in truth than to serve as that missionary <laughs> to white evangelicals, you know? Yeah. I get, yeah, and I think, thank you for that. Thank you. Yeah. I think what I'm realizing is, yeah, I don't know. I gotta, I, yeah, I guess I, I, I'm realizing that the, it's, uh, like I said, man, the off ramps, all the off ramps that we've had. I'm like, man, this is worse than I, <laughs> than I imagined. Like, like yeah. the, 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 uh, the extent of the delusion. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's always amazing. And and so one of the things I don't sit in judgment of any of those things because, like, while I've never officially been a part of a white evangelical church, the black church tradition in a lot of ways has been touched by white evangelicalism in ways that they can't even trace. Right, like. One 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 thing I've come to recognize is that we all have this tiny little clansman living in our head, like this tiny white supremacist, everybody. Like and our our job or 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 our task, our challenge, our charge is to keep starving him until the point where he no longer lives there. Right. So I think you talk about the off ramps, like it's, it's, it, it's hard because it's been sitting there growing for so long. We didn't ask for him to be there. Like we didn't invite him. He's just there about us being American. That is American culture. It is the default setting here. Um, so we talk about the off ramps. Sometimes it's, it's hard to catch the off ramps when you going so fast in the left lane. Now that we realize that there's an emergency, we 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 can we can slow down a little bit, maybe start making our way out of the left lane into the center lane, into the right lane. Maybe we're in one of them stretches of the highway where the exits only come once every 30 miles. <laughs> and 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 now it's just a matter of letting people know, like, look, we need to pull over and switch drivers. Like somebody needs to <laughs> somebody needs to evacuate like maybe it, it, it's time for that and operating in that level of grace understanding that um nothing about what's going on right now surprises god um it might not honor him but it's not surprising him it, it, it's not it's not surprising to god so when we think about it like that i think we still get to maintain the sense of urgency that something needs to be said and something needs to be done, but we're also more aware of the grace that we're allowed to operate in and knowing that the God who created all of us, that, that, uh, that knew all of this about us, that that God still chose to love us in spite of where we are right now. Um, it ought to be a little bit of encouragement to keep on going, you know? It's like the Israelites are, are making preparations to like move out of Egypt. And I'm not, this isn't a great analogy, but like uh, in, in the sense that there are, there are clear, like there are the people of God and there are the people that are actively oppressing the people of God. And I'm like the guy who's saying like, hey, Egyptians, hey, Pharaoh, you're not on the right side of this. Yeah. I don't know. I guess it feels like a lack of solidarity or something, you know, like I should, like I should be with, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, to an extent, I think, I think, I, th- I think I, I kind of smell what you're cooking um, a little bit on there. Cause yeah, it's uh, so in that, in that particular illustration, right? Like you'd be, I guess, more closely aligned with the Egyptians. I'm an Egyptian, man. Yeah. But, but, I think it's also important to note that in the Bible, God used a Hebrew who was raised as an Egyptian in the plan to deliver the people of God. Right. So right. And, he gave, a, and he gave Pharaoh a chance. Yeah. yeah. Chance. And, it, and 
so I think it's important to reckon. And the Bible also tells us that some of the Egyptians left with the Hebrews, right? Like it wasn't just. I did not. I didn't. I got to go back and look at that. I didn't know that. So hold on. Let let me double check because I don't want to sit here lying on that. I shouldn't be surprised. I'm not surprised. Let me let me let me double check right here because matter of fact. Hold on. Let me let me make sure I'm not lying on God right here. I'm going to get my uh, sword drill assist from Google. <laughs> All right. So it doesn't specifically say, look, look, look. Exodus chapter 12, verse 34. No, sorry. Verse 37 says that night, the people of Israel left uh, Ramses and started for Sukkoth. There were about 600,000 men, plus all the women and children. A rabble of non-Israelites went with them along with great flocks and herds of livestock. Non-Israelites. So <laughs> it's just right there. Like some of the people was like, oh, yeah, we we out too. Because uh, all of the plagues have taken a toll on us. And this place don't seem as dope as it did a few months ago. You know, yeah. and I think that speaks strongly. A lot of people have seen some things that ain't no America was capable of. So yeah, there is a rule. It doesn't say that you uh, have to be strictly either or. There were lots of foreigners and sojourners among the Israelites. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, thank you for thank you for doing that bit of counseling uh, toward the end of our. our hey. Trip. I really I'm, appreciate your time, Trey. I really hope we get to meet someday, like for real. Hey, for sure, man. Soon, when outside is safe, man, it's uh, uh, y'all. Y'all gonna be at the top of that list, man. Like right up there. Awesome, awesome.